back on the same subject, the USA Basketball mini camp you were able to check out this past weekend, Brandon. But we're going to switch classes. Let's talk about the class of 2015. First up, the power forward out of Rochester, New York, Thomas Bryant. It's amazing. Bryant's play, he was every bit as, as hype as this track is, Marcus. Uh, from beginning to end, the energy that he brings is just outstanding. Had not had the opportunity to see Bryant play live, but he is big time. You know, five-star prospect for sure. And, you know, I think the defining moment for him was Sunday morning. They were working on a, a press segment, Don Showalter and his crew, where they had split up the 2014s. They were on the other side. It was the 2015 and 16 kids. And Bryant, who stands about 6'9", good size, probably about 215, 220, somewhere in there, scores a bucket, and as the, the defense is inbounding the ball now to become the offense, Bryant's becoming the defense and playing on the head of the press, starts clapping, and everybody in the gym is like, wow. And he goes, oh, we in him now. Oh, we in him now. <laughs> and the ball comes in. He traps the first pass. It gets swung back to the step back, swings, ball reversal to the other side. Bryant tracking the ball the whole time. They find a way to get a steal. After the steal, the guard gets the ball to Bryant, who then two-hand dunks and flushes it. Oh, they don't want it. Oh, they don't want it. And it was great because he wasn't talking to anybody in particular, which made it, which made it great. You know, I think a lot of times you start showing people up and you're yelling at people's faces. It was not that. It was just him really bringing that energy and that passion, which was really cool because it wasn't a trial situation. Nobody was getting cut from that workout. You know, most of those guys will be brought back for – the opportunity to compete for a spot on the U-17 team. So it really was just him playing basketball in a room full of guys that he know can play and in a room full of people like myself who were evaluating talent. It was a special moment, man. He's a, he's a special player. Next up, let's talk about Eric Davis, the Saginaw, Michigan product. Some look at him as a shooting guard. Some look at him as a true point guard. You know, at the end of the day, he can do it all. Yeah, he's a, he's a player. Uh, finished it transition. He's got a kind of a slender frame. So I think right now he probably projects more frame-wise as a point, though I think his skill set might be better suited to play off the ball right now. So that'll be something he can address over the next couple of years of high school. Struggled a little bit with the physicality early on Saturday. Got it rolling on Sunday. Defended really well. I thought that was the thing that I took away from Davis's game as a specialist is that his ability to defend on the perimeter is unique. It's not something that you can find, especially when you break it down to start talking about regionally. There aren't going to be five guards in that region in that class that are able to do what he can do on the defensive end of the floor, making him a special prospect. Next up, Henry Ellenson. Nice nice uh, combination of size and skill. He's huge. Um, and, and huge <laughs> like that Butch McCray blue chips huge. You know, you, you, you see him right there, Ricky Rose, excuse me. He's just a big guy, and he plays hard. His ability to get up and down the floor, it was really, really impressive. Um, and, and like I said, just you watch him play, and, and immediately when you see him and you see the fold, you immediately think about Ricky and, and his ability to play him blue chips. He was really good, though. I really like what Ellison brought to the table. Offensively, still continuing to work on his game, being able to face up at 15 feet, do some of those things. But he's a force interior-wise to be able to rebound the ball and block the ball, which already translates to the next level. Yeah, Ellenson is definitely Pop wants to pick up truck big uh, <laughs> there on the court, man. Another big man, there's no slouch either here out of the Peach State, Daniel Giddens. Giddens was good. He wasn't able to play on Sunday, hurt himself. As he said, that's what happens when you dunk too much, man. 
uh, you know, Ham was wrapped up, and he did a good job on Saturday, I, I thought, of displaying that athleticism that we talk about, kind of like Ellenson in terms of being able to get up and down the floor, though very different build. Four, five, I think that's something that Giddens is going to have to figure out, you know, which, which one am I? Am I going to be able to have the skill set to, to be that fourth ball handler, to stretch the floor and do some of those things, or do I want to be more of an interior force, continuing to work on dominating the glass? But I tell you what, the tools are there. Physically, he's just a gifted prospect, you know, uh, amongst a room full of guys who are all really physically gifted. Giddens stands out, which is saying something. It was a, a good weekend, well, a good Saturday anyway. Sunday, maybe not so much as he had to sit out, but it was a good Saturday for Giddens. <laughs> Dunking too much. Hashtag <laughs> big man problems. Uh, next up, let's talk about Jesse Goldman out of New York. Uh, you talk about big man problems. This guy is absolutely huge. Um, I mean, maybe the biggest guy physically in the camp, you know, just in terms of his size and his build. Uh, he takes up a lot of space on the inside. You know, you, you saw offensive guys altering their path as they see Goldman waiting on him. They didn't really want to come in there on the interior. And for him to be able to do what he, he did once again, which was just be in the mix in the middle and force people to change shots with his size is impressive. He tried a nice right-hand half hook, took a smooth 15-footer with his right hand that looked good. You don't see that from guys as, as big as Govan is. I mean, he's every bit of 6'10". 255 might be light. I mean, he might be closer, honestly, to 260, 265 already just as a junior in high school. So nowhere to go but up. We'll continue to watch him at St. Mary's there in Queens Village. Got December 7th circled on my calendar. Looking forward to checking out Chase Jeter and uh, Bishop Gorman in person at that Chicago Elite Classic. Uh, that'll be on SUV TV. Uh, what were your thoughts there up close and personal this past weekend? Well, you'll get an opportunity to, to see what I saw, which is a long kid, probably a power forward. Um, you know, he'll attack it. This is a, a, a quality build, you know, not overly big, not small either, just solid, solid athlete. But he runs the floor. He gets up and down. And more than anything, his energy allows him to attack and make some plays in the open floor and in transition. You know, I, I started off talking about Brian on the head of the press. You know, Jeter's a guy who could play some of the head of the press. He's going to be able to play the back line of that as well. You'll see him paired up with Steven Zimmerman, who wasn't here. Uh, but you're going to see some good, good, good basketball when you watch Chase Jeter. That's a kid that plays the game the right way every time out. Pennsylvania is home to one of my favorite shows ever, The Office. <laughs> Shouts out to Scranton, PA. Scranton, PA, I like that. But it's also home to Derrick Jones. Ath-leap. Uh, you know, left-handed, smooth wing. He came down in transition one time, and, and with the exception of Seventh Woods, who we'll talk about in the 16 podcast, Jones was the best leaper in the building. Make no mistake about it. He comes down left-handed, and he brought the ball back so far. It puts you in the mind of, you know, those old Dominique Wilkins dunks that you see uh -huh. where he's cocking it back and then boom, and his explosiveness off the ground. Uh, he, he's skilled, read the pick and roll really well, was patient with the basketball, I mean, he could flat out fly and shoots it pretty well. You know, that's an area I think he could continue to grow and develop in his game. But a definite wing player who is athletic enough to make plays in the open floor is quick enough to make plays in the half court and should become a good shooter over the course of time. We both had some interaction this past weekend with representatives from the Luella uh, High School basketball team. Uh, Coach Jamon Sims was at the coaches clinic uh, that I had there on SUV TV. You got uh, to be able to see Doral Moore uh, in person out there in Colorado. 
the guy's impressive. Uh, you know, I, I think in drills, he's still kind of coming along. I mean, he's a seven-foot kid at the age of, what, 15, 16 years old. His ability to affect the basketball game, running, jumping, and blocking shots, he put back the basketball offensive rebounds as well as anybody that was in there. His timing's pretty good. It's funny, uh, there were some times that he got, you know, high enough with the ball in his hands. You got to remember, he's starting out and he's already seven feet, not to mention his wingspan with the ball. He was clanging the ball off the back of the rim off the offensive putback. So just some little things like that, being able to figure out the timing, make sure you figure out your jumps so that you're putting that back in. I mean, he probably missed three or four great offensive putbacks where he was in the right place, jumped at the, what would be the right time for most of us. Yeah. But for him, it was a, a little bit too early and throwing that thing off the back, of the back of the iron. But there's nothing but upside here for this kid. You know, I had heard a lot about, was able to see, and was really impressed once again with his ability to bring a lot of different things to the table. Still raw skill set wise offensively, but has a lot of things going for him definitely in the right direction. Our next subject has no shortness of wingspan either, Ivan Rapp. I, I mean, you, you got to see that guy in, in person to really appreciate what it is that he does. Talks on defense, I mean, literally the entire time. And, and not, Bryant is, is very outgoing. You know, we talk about the clapping and the, it's just kind of who he is and it's great. Rab is very different. Rab is talking, but it's almost conversational like the way we're talking. Hey, you got that up there. Hey, that pick and roll. Hey, watch that now. Who's going to step up and get that? Hey, I got this right here. The ball's off. <laughs> and you catch yourself <laughs> just listening to him. It's really cool. And he's always kind of talking and explaining what's going on. Took a nice left-handed half hook. I think that was part of the, the thing that impressed me so much with the post guys here is that at that age, for those guys to be trying that half hook, which is a tough shot, obviously they could drop step. They were working on up and unders, things like that. But very much like Moore, Rab did a great job of putting the basketball back in the bucket off of missed shots, being that offside rebounder, finding ways to be in the mix there. Uh, good size and a definite rebounder from a specialty perspective. That's a guy that, that you want to make sure you see. I know Jonathan will get to see him at Hoop Hall as well in January. You know, Stephen A. likes to call Aaron Rodgers a bad man. <laughs> I, I got to say this next guy is a bad man. He had a press conference to announce the hot local public high school he would commit to. <laughs> B. Clay, that's a bad man right there. That is. None, none other than Horace Spencer. Oh, man, you always find a way to give me some information I didn't have. I did not know that. Uh, Spencer has good size. He's not as big as Stanley Johnson in the 2014 class from Matterday, but he plays similar to it. Active, stuck a 17-footer. That's something he'll have to continue to work on in terms of his game is that range, but he very much – is, is kind of a power guy, you know, a four-player who can, can run up and down and get up and down. But being able to stick that 17-footer, I think, is going to be something that when you look at Spencer's game, you're going to want to see. But he's got great shoulders. You start to look at those types of things and how guys are going to fill out, and his shoulders go straight over and straight down, which means that he still has weight that he's going to be able to add when he gets to college and gets on that weight program. So the best is yet to come for that guy right there. How can you not be elite with this next name? <laughs> Diamond Stone. You can either be really good or really bad. There's not going to no be in anything between. in between. No in between. No in, happy meeting. In the case of Stone, he's, he's really good. I had the opportunity to speak with him on Saturday night after the second session came to a close. And just a really, really humble guy, you know, just in the way that he approaches the game. And we talked for a minute. And he was down at the Power 24. So I passed all my regards from on the radarhoops.com publisher, Sean Williams, letting him know that I had spoken with Sean. And he looks back and he goes, 
tell him I said hello. <laughs> I said, I got you, man. Not a problem. Uh, you know, on the floor, he made arguably the move of the weekend as a, a post player. He caught the basketball on the right block. He's got Thomas Bryant on him, no less. Turns, faces the bucket. Little head fake, steps through with one foot, his left foot, and finishes with his left hand right there at the rim. It was smooth. It was the kind of move that you see six, five, six, six guys playing the four make, not a guy who's 6'9", six, 6'10", six, playing the five make. You don't see those types of plays from a guy like Diamond Stone this early, and it lets you know why he's a consensus top five prospect. He was really good out there. Last but definitely not least, DJ Williams. Well, Williams is a guy that you'll have an opportunity to see, Marcus, you know, once again at that showcase with Simeon. He was good, long, brings a lot to the table in terms of his length and his physicality, probably a small forward in projection, I think the toughest thing to do here, especially for your 2015s and 16s on the wing, was be able to create against those 2014s when they were matched up with them. You've got Stanley Johnson, Kelly Oubre, Theo Pinson, Rashad Vaughn, Justin Jackson, James Blackman, Tyus Jones. Like, who are you going to go at? So I, I think for Williams and for all of those guys, it was a real experience of, okay, I kind of see where I'm at. I've got to continue to work on this, this, and this to get better. And I think in Williams' case, it's the ability to create and continue to put the basketball on the floor when he's got somebody sitting in his stomach and find ways to get open and get shots for himself. But physically, really like what he brings to the table. Every bit of six, seven, you know, kind of a slender frame, but definitely is going to fill out. That'll do it for this podcast. Thanks for joining us here on the On the Radar Hoops Report. Be sure to stay tuned for all the information on On the Radar Hoops Dot com. Marcus Burnett signing off with the man with the plan, Brandon Clay. We'll see you back here next time.